News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Today's sex culture is destructive, divorcing love from commitment, promoting promiscuity and violent porn. And that's according to author Louise Perry, who has published a book called The Case Against the Sexual Revolution. And she joins us now. Good morning to you, Louise. Just can you, I suppose, lay out your stall? Why do you think these things? Good morning. Yeah, so my argument is that um, there's a sort of a simplistic popular narrative about the sexual revolution that it was that it was all about progress, that it was all uh, to women's benefit, that everything's sort of only only been getting better and better. And I I I don't think that's true. I think it's more complicated than that. I mean, I think that there were some things about sexual revolution that were obviously beneficial. I wouldn't want to go back. I don't think we could go back, even if we wanted to. But I think there have been some serious costs as well that we haven't really considered. And, and I think most of those have been borne by women, not exclusively. And a lot of it has to do with this uh, separating of of sex and reproduction and the turning of sex into a sort of leisure activity that doesn't have any real that doesn't have any real meaning, that can that doesn't need to be taken seriously, you know, that's sort of like as long as you're consenting, then anything goes kind of view. And I think that actually that's not how most people do experience their sexual relationships in a, on an emotional level. And I think there's a real problem when you're sort of, that where there's this idea that, that it, it shouldn't mean anything, but actually that's not how people are feeling. And you end up with this sort of conflict, which I think can be really harmful. Okay. Um, I'm really interested in what you said there about the, the issue around separating sex from reproduction. I think that is an enormously beneficial thing for women because when they weren't separated as as they weren't pre-contraception, um, women often paid an enormous price for sex. And sex is a, a, a sex and hunger are two of the biggest drives we have as human beings. So women, if they fell pregnant after, it could be casual sex, it could be a one episode of sex, could end up in a situation where, where they were, were bounced into motherhood when they never, ever wanted to be. Is that not a good thing for women? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I mean, I don't want to, on a personal level, I don't want to get back to the area where I would expect to have 12 children or whatever. I mean, yeah, women's lives used to be completely dominated by uh, the fear of pregnancy, by pregnancy, by the, 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 yeah. the physical health effects. And yeah, I completely agree with you. The problem is, though, that when you've, when um, the situation we've got to where uh, sex is kind of just considered to be a leisure activity, I argue in the book actually serves male interests much more than it does female. Because actually, even with contraception, there is always a failure, a level of failure rate. You know, sex does still often result in pregnancy, even when you don't want it to. There are always, even with uh, safe and legal abortion services, there are always some women who don't want to have an abortion for whatever reason. So, you know, what we've actually seen in the last six years has not been a reduction in in single motherhood but actually a massive rise and I think that that's actually got a lot to do with the fact that men now don't feel like they have a responsibility to the mothers of their children to their children and it's become so much more socially acceptable for men to walk away and to not support their families and I think that is a sort of trend that is really destructive actually to women and children particularly poor women and children and and, and you may be right from a, a socio-political or a socio-economic point of view there, there may be something in all that certainly all, all the studies would bear out that, that, that single parents, be they male or female, struggle financially and, and bear a burden of responsibility that is greater than people who are within, I suppose, stable unions. 
But nonetheless, does the fact that women now maybe are single parents and and many of whom might choose to be single parents rather than not have a child at all, is that any reason to to cast aspersions on the sexual revolution? Women were stigmatised and shamed for wanting sex or having sex and women were very much kept in a box by society that was to do with reproduction and their sexuality. And and as a woman who who wasn't quite alive when, when, when the sexual revolution started, but, but you know, has grown up in the wake of it. I'm very glad it happened. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 there's no going back. This is, this is where we are, you know. But I, I, what I'm arguing against is this idea that, like, you know, the past was exclusively terrible and, and, and modernity is exclusively fantastic. I think that what we've just seen has been a, a change. And I think it's still, in many ways, women who are suffering, as they did historically as well. In, in You know, I still think that men are basically you know, setting the terms of this culture. Yeah. And I think as a feminist, that's a problem. Yeah, and, and you're probably not wrong on that. And you're probably not wrong on the fact that women st- still bear the brunt of all sorts of things and, and, and suffer in, in, in various ways. But at least now, because we can control our, our reproduction and things like that, that we can, we can plan our families, we can plan our careers. We are able to go out and have sex, be that in relationship or out of a relationship. We're allowed to have casual sex. We're allowed to do all kinds of things that generations ago we simply weren't. And personally, I think having freedom of choice to, to have casual sex or not, as the case may be, is a good thing for women. I, I, like, I think our choices were vastly more limited before the sexual revolution. And now, yes, sometimes we make bad choices and sometimes our choices have consequences that weren't ideal, but that's life. But at least we have those choices, surely. See, I don't think our choices are as free as all that, because I think what's happened, particularly for younger women who are coming of age in the the era of online porn, you know, where adolescents are all being raised on all seeing, seeing um, the most like brutal porn before they've even had sex relationships themselves. We've seen lots of rises in all sorts of um, violent acts during sex, which were really not considered normal even a generation ago, you know. And actually, I think a lot of women that I've spoken to, because I also do a lot of campaign work around sexual violence, and I used to work in rape crisis centres, so I've you know spoken to a lot of young people who are who are who are living this. And actually, I don't think they feel as though they do have free choices. I feel like actually, you know, it used to be that women were um, put under huge pressure. To Is this the right to say marriage. no and the right to say yes? That that we used to look for the right to say yes, but now we're looking for the right to say no. That's the thing. I think there's been a sort of, it's almost turned on a sixpence where now the pressure is on to, uh, to have casual sex. Like that's actually seen as a, as the only route towards finding a long-term partner. The idea that you can, um, hold off on sex until you found the right, the, the right person long-term. That's, that's considered really weird and old fashioned now, <laughs> you know, and th- this idea of, uh, you know, porn culture is, is, is not something you can just easily say no to, even if you choose not to watch porn. Everyone everyone else is watching it, okay, you know, well, so it ends up setting the agenda. Can I ask you a last question, Louise? And I, and I have no idea what you're going to say. To it. Uh, I'm wondering, is, is underpinning a lot of what you say, is, is do you simply not believe that women can enjoy casual sex? I think the statistics show that most women don't, or more that women are much less likely to than men, which is obviously not to say that there are not some women who do, absolutely. But there's quite a big skew. This is much more something that men enjoy on average than women. And the point I really want to make, which is so important, is that women bear all the consequences of it. Because women are the ones who are risking pregnancy. And women are also um, 
smaller and, and physically weaker than men and therefore much more vulnerable to sexual assault. So what we've got is a culture where casual sex is considered normal. There's even pressure to do it. And actually you've got one half of the population who enjoy it much more and has suffered no like physical risks so, whatsoever. So do you and another half of the population who suffer all the risks and on average want to do it a lot less. And that, that seems to me to be a problem. Do you subscribe to the notion, and it does exist out there, that uh, women have sex in order to get men to be nice to them and men are nice to women in order to get oh, sorry, sex? sorry, I lost you just then. Can sorry, you I, I said, do you subscribe to the notion that women have sex in order to get men to be nice to them and that, and this is obviously a very heteronormative conversation, but, but, but that men um, are nice to women in order to get sex? So we're looking for two different things. Is that what you're saying? I obviously think that women enjoy sex. I mean, I, I feel like we, we've been having this conversation for the last 60 years. I think we're all in agreement now that women do enjoy sex. I think we've, we've moved past the Victorian era, right? But the problem is that people make choices within context and people are put under pressure by all sorts of factors, whether it be other people or culture or whatever. And I think we need to be talking about that context. All right. Look, it's a very interesting conversation. And thank you very much for speaking to me this morning. That is Louise Perry, who is the author of The Case Against the Sexual Revolution. And she's also a columnist for the London's New, for London's New, statement, new statesman. Let us know what you think. Um, I don't care whether you're a man or a woman. Text us in. Has the sexual revolution freed women uh, and, and taken them out of, of all of the, their constraints that they would have lived under and restrictions of the past? Or, or are there consequences and, and not all good ones for women from all of this? Let me know. 53106 at a cost third cent. Or indeed tweet us this morning at NT Breakfast. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.